Film Photography Podcast 153. November 1st, 2016. Welcome, everyone. I... Hey, other FPPers, Matt Mirage here with some breaking news. If you haven't heard, New 55 has a new color 4x5 Peel Apart project on Kickstarter right now. Stop what you're doing. Go to new55.net. Check out the details on their new Kickstarter project. Uh, just like they did in 2014, these guys are asking for 400000 Not a small amount of dollars, but they are going to start from the ground up on some fantastic color peel-apart film. Bob Crowley, Sam Heiser, and yes, even the Doc, Florian Caps are all working very closely together to get this new project off the ground. They have a couple of goals for this. Uh, this film, if you have not shot with single sheet 4x5 film before, is to fit in 545 series of holders, including the Polaroid 545, 545i and 545 Pro holders. They have a couple goals that they're trying to fund this for. It's not just the film they're doing. That is first and foremost, they're making a new color 4x5 instant film. This means a new film base, a new reagent that goes in the pods, new manufacturing for those pods, and a new facility to make all of this beautiful stuff happen. This will also go into R&D to fund the development of further pack films. These guys are committed not just to making single sheet film that they've already proved to the world that they could do in record time, but they're going to try and bring back pack films since Fuji has recently discontinued it. And goal number three, the most exciting, they will be the first, aside from reclaiming Fujifilm uh, instant negatives, they're going to be able to produce a color negative as well as a beautiful full-color print. This is unlike anything uh, we have seen before, and sh everybody who shoots 4x5 regularly or even casually should be super excited about this. Producing a very usable color negative at the same time as a color print is a very difficult task, but is going to be really neat for somebody who's doing studio shooting so you can have a print uh, for quick proofing and then a negative that you can make final work and scans and big big prints from so this is really exciting news guys again they're asking for four hundred thousand that is no small amount uh, but they proved they could do it last time. If you're uh, waiting to kick in, you have until Friday, November 18th, 2016. So at the time of listening, uh, they have a couple thousand started, but hopefully uh, this thing takes off and goes to the finish line as steady as it did before. A lot of different levels of rewards. You can donate as much or as little as you want, but some of the rewards they have include a pacemaker speed graphic, boxes of New 55 color once it's off the ground, if you don't already have one, a New 55 film t-shirt, um, new kits with their uh, New 55 positive negative black and white, uh, they have their fuel kits, and a one-stop easy film developing kit, including their new R5 monobath developer. If you guys have never shot New 55 film or need some more information on New 55, you can ask us here at uh, the Film Photography Project. I know myself, uh, Michael Rosso, Mark Dalzell have all tried this film. It's fantastic for what it is, and nobody else is doing anything like they are. These guys are all in on film, uh, so please go to new55.net, check out the project if you haven't before. You know, consider supporting these guys, even if you don't have a 4x5 camera. Good news, this is the best time to be into large format. Uh, there's the new Intrepid camera. Uh, they have a version 2 uh, of that tiny little uh, lightweight 4x5 folding camera, lightest that's out there, um, that still is a field camera. So you can check that out, combine it with these guys. Uh, you know, film 
in the grand scheme of things, is a very small community. And the more we help each other, the more we advance each other as well. Uh, so consider donating to this Kickstarter project. Uh, kick in a couple extra bucks. Get yourself some of that new film. Uh, you're not going to regret it. New55.net, and we'll talk to you soon. Film Photography Podcast 153. November 1st, 2016. Welcome, everyone. I love you. That's right, yeah. We love you, too. Oh, thank you. I was talking to our listeners, not you guys. <laughs> Let's walk out. He can do this show on Awkward. his own. Awkward. I love you guys. You know what's weird? When like, I go to an event... It's so tiny. I didn't know they were tiny. Like, let, Yeah, I have, a little, I have a little drinky here. I'm going to open it. Thank you from my family for drinking Dr. Pepper. Oh, uh, why? Because um, Dr. Pepper was. Oh, a you're of the Ohio peppers. I didn't. No, realize. I'm of the Waco peppers. Oh, for, oh, for real? Are you related to Dr. Pepper? Yes. For uh, real? Honest to goodness. Quick, quick story here. You want to introduce everybody? And I'll give you that quick story. Leslie Lazenby, aka Mrs. Mrs. Pepper. Mrs. Dr. Pepper. Pepper. <laughs> Mark O'Brien, aka Mark O'Brien. <laughs> Mark Dalzell, just plain old Mark. And I'm Michael Rosso. Dr. Pepper was originally a fountain drink, like many little uh, soda shops or pharmacies. Pharmacies, had. don't get a and hamburger they, there. Yeah. Jerks. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, This is so good, everybody has to drink it. He goes, But I don't know how to make this in a big batch. This has to be repeatable. Right. We got to hire somebody. Hey, you know, in the phone book, here's this Robert Sherman Lazenby, and he's a beverage chemist. Get out of town. And they hired him, and he made a recipe for them that was repeatable. And you can find them off and on. I, I don't have one, but I'd love to. It was originally called Lazenby's Liquid Sunshine. No way. I am Stop so it. serious. And, sure. Um, is there any documentation of this? Yes, there is. Absolutely. Um, Dr. Pepper was called Google Lazenby's it. Liquid Sunshine. Now, because Mark, it was... I'm buying it. Because... Google it. I'm Googling it right now. Because it was um, had fruit juices in it, primarily grapefruit, the liquid sunshine. The Google. Vitamin C was given to sailors in World War I for scurvy issues. <laughs> and, you know, it used to say on the bottle, remember, 10, 2, and 4? That, that, that part's that? true, and I know the 10, 2, and 4, yes. yes. I know that, that part's what true. What does that mean, 10, 2, and ten, 4? If you drank it at 10, 2, and 4... You keep would, you going. It would keep Three you Dr. Going. Peppers a day kept the doctor away and That's kept right. the dentist laughing his ass off. And it uh, kept you regular because you were drinking fruit juice. So okay. there you go. Thank you for drinking Dr. Pepper. Established 1885. In Waco, Texas. In fact, people like the Waco, Texas created Dr. Pepper because they use cane sugar rather than beet sugar, and it is smooth. There's not enough O's in smooth for that version. Wow. So there you go. A quick one on uh, Dr. Pepper. Thank, well, thank you for you. drinking Dr. Pepper. You're very welcome. I'm very happy to drink Dr. <laughs> Pepper. Folks out there listening, hello. hello. Welcome well, to the Soda Podcast. That's yeah. right. <laughs> or the Pop Podcast. Yeah, welcome to the Pop Podcast. The Popcast. We have lots of stuff to talk about today. I don't know what, but... It, oh, I, I, live I, auctioneers. I know once we get started, we're not going to be able to stop. Let me, let's start with a letter. Okay. Here's a lovely letter from Jim Melcher, and I love it because it is typed. Nice. Would you like to read it? Oh, thanks. Oh, it's a long one. That's why I don't want to read it. Show, it first. First show that to Mark Dizel. What's that? Lazy Bee's Liquid Sunshine Bottle. I'm busy right now. Let me say. <laughs> I don't have time to believe you. I don't have time <laughs> what does Jim for documentation. Say? What does Jim Melcher say? This. Dateline, March 26th. Dear Mike and the gang. 
Your last podcast had something extra. Maybe getting the break helped. This last one set a new standard. Please keep up the good work. Enclosed, you'll find a variety of working cameras for you to distribute as you see fit. I'll yes. be the judge of working. <laughs> see enclosed list. Oh. Also enclosed. Yes. Is a bit of Twin City sweetness. <gasps> a batch of nut goodies. Nut goodies. Oh, right, right. Now we know. Ding, 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 ding. Now we know. While I'm being a homer, and apropos to your podcast suggestion, we have a really great chain of camera stores here in the Minneapolis area, National Camera Exchange, natcam.com. The main branch is near where I work, so I can sneak over during lunch when the need Uh arises. They have used film cameras, a selection of 35mm, 120, and 4x5 film, darkroom supplies, a studio lighting department that also carries used items, and the shutter bug upstairs which specializes in rare and fine-used equipment, especially Leica and everything medium and large format. Of course, they also do state-of-the-art dig camera and video sales. They are my first stop when I'm looking for a lens or accessory or to explore a new camera type. National Camera Exchange has been around for over 100 years. They have outlasted the competition and have gone through some adjustments, like closing the original location in downtown Minneapolis. Even though the internet, the targets, and the best buys siphon off most of the amateurs, the enthusiast and professional photographers have a unique haven at National Camera Exchange. They would make a natural ally for the FPP should you want to do an upper uh, Midwest talk- walking workshop someday, hint, hint. I appreciate all the FPP does for us film photo hobbyists and, what the heck, for the professionals too. Sincerely yours, Jim Melcher. Yeah! yeah. And then, yeah, attached a list of donations, which was all kinds of good stuff. What kind of stuff was it? Pony 828, Canon FT, a Konica C35 AF, Dane loves those, Ansco Speed X45, a Minolta SRT200, Asahi Pentax Elect- oh, the Pentax Electro Spotmatic, that's a rare one, uh, Konica Hexanon AR, Konica X20N, 3 Agfa, oh, that's films, Yashica MG1, a Ciro Flex. Oh, that's a cool one. Yes, it is. Uh, Pentax Spotmatic, another Pentax Spotmatic, some lenses, some Sure Shots, a Stylus Epic. Whoa! That was a big pile of stuff. That's epic. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Jim. Thank you, Jim. And it's typewritten with a typewriter. With like a, like, yeah, like Cabin in the Woods typewriter. Cabin in the Woods Look at that. Like, that's a, that's a messed up old typewriter. That's good. You pay a lot of money for that typeface. You got it. Thanks, Jim. That's, he's, that's classic. This is going to be the Mark Dalzell show mm-hmm. because you have a lot of cameras to talk about. Oh, I don't need to cram them all in. Oh, what do you We're got? What do you got over there? Well, I see some can- I like what I, I like what I see. I got two Canons. Ooh, I, I tell you, I, I used to have a TL. It's sort of like an FT, right? A TL. Let's talk about the TL because I love it. Well, the, yes, the, the TL, I mean, that literally is pretty much, it was marketed as a stripped-down, cheaper version of the FT. Um, and this is the QL version, so it's the TL-QL. Quick, quick load. load. So it's got the quick load. By the way, uh, you know, folks who have ever, you know, you load your roll of film, you go shoot, and then you bring it to the processor and you get it back, it's just blank. You know, you didn't load your film right. I've done it. Have you guys done I've it? I've done sure. it. I've shot a whole roll, what I thought was a whole roll of, of film, and I went to put another roll, and I realized I'd been shooting blanks all day. The the quick load Shoot really, blanks. really, you know, squashes that. There's no poss- There's barely a possibility of not loading your film right. Is there any film in there now? There's not. I don't think. Let's see. Open. Oh yeah, right. It's on the bottom. So the trick with the uh, TLs is you open it from the bottom. Oh, it's beautiful. 
Really, I I love the way these cameras load. Yeah, the the first every time I open a new QL camera, I'm always like, oh, what's that? Oh, right, QL. It's such a wacky. Oh, thing. that's in beautiful condition. Uh, yeah, this one is very clean. It's got the uh, you know the old timey FL one four lens on. Oh it. yeah. Um, which is pretty smooth. It's a it, massive lens. The lens is kind of scratched up, unfortunately. Oh, is that a Canon FL oh, actually, lens? No, it's mostly just gunk. An FL? Yeah, it's, it's an FL. Oh, man, hold it. Yeah. Oh, man. I love these cameras. So, yeah, so the TL, uh, uh, they came out, and they were like late 60s, early 70s, 67 to 72, they were Ooh. out. And it was, I mean, like I said, it was basically just a stripped-down version of the FT. So it was exactly the same as the FT, but you were missing the top shutter speed. You didn't, so the top shutter speed on that is 1 500th. Uh, there's no mirror lockup, which really, how often do you use that? Um, there's no shutter release lock, <laughs> and there's no battery check button. So, check, other, check. but other than that, it's it's an FT. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good solid old metal. Like you just feel it's all made of metal when cameras were made of metal. <laughs> Can I put some film in it? Here, you want my use my little skinny flash? Check out my little. Oh no, it needs a it needs a. Oh right, right, right. Sorry. Yep. It's got You're a true. cold shoe. Right? Has a cold shoe. What is a cold, cold shoe? shoe. An accessory shoe. So it's got, it's okay. got a thing on the top that you can plug a flash into, but it won't fire the flash because there's no uh, positive contact can, in the can middle. Can I put so. a little roll of film in it? Go for it, man. Oh. Is there a meter in this camera? Yes. So it is like an FT. Uh, what's, what's, yes. Like, what's scaled down? Because FT has a meter. Okay, let me say it again. Okay. It's the same <laughs> as the FT, except the, it's missing the top shutter speed of 1,000. So the top shutter speed is 500. It does not have a meter lockup. It doesn't have a battery check button. And uh, it doesn't have the um, shutter release lock. That's the that's the only difference. So otherwise, it's it's the same camera. I had one of these for a while. It was a, it was a nice camera to use. Yeah, they feel solid. So to meter it on the front, your uh, your self timer lever. Go to X for flash. Yes. So on the front. Yes. Well, your flash doesn't matter, but so the, your self timer lever. Oh, I see it. Push that towards the lens while you're looking through it, and that gives you your stop down. Yeah, stop down meter. So you got to manually Ooh. stop it down. Sweet. Sweet. Where should be. So in a way, you're doing stop down metering and depth of field. Exactly. Preview. That's a that's a benefit, not a yeah yeah. That's a feature, not a bug. That's it's right. A spin. Unlike those other cameras, you get to see exactly what your depth of field is. Exactly. I have a rule of uh, make out of focus pictures a thing of the past. Right, I have a roll of double X in there. Nice. <laughs> yeah. The karate chop flash. Karate chop. Or a single twin tower. Is that your report on the Canon TL? Yeah, pretty much that's what I had to say. It uh, uses the old FL lenses. You can. Mm-hmm. It also will take an FD lens. Yeah, you can use the FD lenses. That's fine, too. Nice camera. But I like yeah, that I've got the FL lens yeah. for it. It looks, looks period correct. Oh, you, could, you could kill someone with it if you hit mm-hmm. them hard enough. Weapon. It's solid. And this is what I like with some of these other older Canons, and the uh, film advance lever feels, it doesn't feel flimsy. Yeah. You know, and there's other, some of these, other, like some of the Minolta SRTs, the film advance lever feels flimsy to me. It's, it, it, you know what it was w- with the SRTs is that the, the film lever <laughs> well, is Mr. very... Well, Mr. Universe. <laughs> what? I called him Mr. Universe. My God, he just ram jammed those things. <laughs> It, the metal is actually very thin, so when you're winding it, it feels yeah. thin. Although it's not because it's made out of metal, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. But, yeah, this is, oh. this is a very simple, straightforward camera. Yeah, but it does everything. It's, full, it does it's, everything. Not, you, it's not stunted shutter speeds or anything. Have you shot that camera? I have the FTB. 
Oh yeah, I, I have that too. Yeah. Yes, and that's you gave me like one of the supreme lenses yeah, for go. it. So the FTB I, actually feel to me feels a little chintzier. Mm-hmm. I think that's the one that I have is the FTB. Yeah. Was it expensive to find an F one point four FL lens? It came on the camera, so uh, I I haven't. It never occurred to me that F, a one four FL would be more expensive than a one four FD, but I guess there are far fewer of them, but. That's a good question. It's a good question, Bert. <laughs> we never go out of style. Wow. Uh, do you want to segue into your other Canon, which we have talked about on the show in the past? Yeah, we can talk about I, I brought this one just because this is my new, new thing that I've been playing with. We're, we're jumping ahead about 10 years in time here. So we're jumping to a sort of unusual of the 80s era's Canons, which is the AL-1. As, I, as I've said many times before, I like cameras that are quirky or revolutionary. For some way, historically important or yeah, significant, yeah, some little significant, a fixed point in time, there as Doctor Who would say. And the thing I like about the AL1 is it's got focus assist, which is a really cool feature. And the, what this does is, oh, it's not this, this came out in 1982, so this is this predates autofocus cameras just barely by a year or so. They were trying to, you know, autofocus was on the horizon, and they were sort of trying to race. To it, and this was sort of a you know the, the baby step towards autofocus. And what you've got is, if you look at the actual mirror in it, the mirror. I don't know if you'll get a picture of it, but um, <laughs> the mirror has this sort of geometric alien grid cut into it. And what that's actually doing is allowing a certain portion of the light to go through the main mirror, hit a secondary mirror, and bounce down to a CCD that's in the bottom of the camera. Get out of town. So this is 1982. This is pretty pretty advanced mm-hmm. stuff. And what it does is it's got, it's got a little prism in the bottom that, that can judge contrast. So if I'm focusing on something and it's lower contrast because it's blurry, it'll give me, a, through the viewfinder, it gives you a little arrow that says you're too far. And you focus it, and when it finds the point of highest contrast, you get a little green dot that tells you you're in focus. And if you go the other way, it does the same thing. So it's, you know, it's like... It's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, a, it's a great idea. It works really well. I never just look at the green. I never look for the green dot and take the picture. I'm obviously, you know, looking to make sure I act, what I want to have in focus is actually in focus. But it does work really well. It's it's very heavily center weighted. There's a little tiny bracket in the middle of the viewfinder, and that's what it's looking at. So you can you can pick out one little detail in a you know a pretty deep depth of field table of things, and it'll it'll focus on that. It's just a modern FD camera. Otherwise, so you can put all of your FD lenses on it. A slightly stripped down version you, you know you've got a, a good range of shutter speeds you've got a good range of film speeds it's got hot shoe on the top with the canon pin so it'll talk to canon flashes like the little the wacky little canon 011a flash that i've got that i'm totally in love with at the moment look at that flash this is a crazy flash now is that a canon flash it's a canon. It is a canon flash so it's got the canon pin on it yeah it's it came with is it designed for that camera no, it's just a, can- a general camera. This did not come with this camera. Okay. But it just happens to just sort of fit in the right area. Mark finds the wackiest and coolest flashes. I love flashes. I'm a sucker for it's flashes. almost the size of like a cassette tape, isn't it? A cassette tape. Exactly. You know, I've been yeah. trying to think of what it was. But it's exactly the size of a cassette in, in its little the case. box, uh-huh. Um, but it's upright. So when you have it sticking up over the top, it's, yeah, it's just, it's a very odd-looking I've- flash. Never seen one of those. It just takes two double A's. It's pretty low-powered, but, uh, you know, it's very 80s-looking. Oh, thanks. You already shot a whole roll in it? Oh, it's shorty. Yeah. So, yeah, that's so the, the AL-1. It's just, I just like the fact that it's got a new technology, and the technology actually works. It's kind of fun. This was followed by the, the T-80 
then the T90, which the was T90. sort of... T90, oh, so oh. Yeah, then, and then they... And that, that was sort of the end of the line. That's when they jumped into the EOS, and they were off and running in the autofocus world, but... So this is sort of like the the last baby step they needed before they got into autofocus, which is which is pretty interesting. Yeah, it's sort of like it's really like a focus confirmation thing. That you yes, see, yeah, rather than or a focus guide. But even, I mean, everything else about this camera just says yeah. a one or right. whatever. Right. But the fact that there's a whole other bunch of stuff going on in there with extra prisms mm-hmm. and extra sensors and extra mirrors that's that's able to distinguish whether or not a picture is in focus is amazing. It's just like a kind of a quantum leap ahead of what they had been doing for the last hundred years. In the actual manual, it, it tells you there are certain things. It's interesting. You, so you can sort of see how the system works because they say there's certain times where the focus confirmation will not work. Um, and it specifically says it will not do well if, there, if you're shooting something that does not have vertical lines. So if you're shooting waves on the ocean against the horizon and all you're getting is waves in the horizon line and clouds, it can't see that very well because that's what it's looking for is it's looking for vertical lines and that's how it's judging its contrast. So mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't work very well in low light situations. So you, you have to sort of trust it then, um, you know, in areas that don't have that have very low contrast too. So a person wearing white standing against a white wall, you're going to have trouble with it focusing. But, <laughs> put but prison, uh, don't put, we all? Put prison stripes on them and you're all set. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hold up this birdcage. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's really cool. The way I wonder how well it's sold. Because I think it would have been really unique at the time, and I would have thought it would have been a hot seller, but I don't know. This, I think, of all the cameras that I've, you know, gone through my hands in the last five years, this is the first AL1 I've ever seen. Like, they're not, mm-hmm. I don't think they were that common. See, there was, when I got mine, I thought... Well, let's just research this model. I've never heard of it before. Yeah. And found out its unique features. It was the same way. That's what I did. Yeah, I got it, and I kind of clicked through it a couple times. This is nice. And I didn't even notice the little arrows at the bottom that were flashing. Mm -hmm. I just assumed it was a... Whatever. Yeah, meter or something. Yeah, a meter or something. Yeah, because it looks like a meter. Mm -hmm. You know, two red arrows and a green dot. But, yeah, so it's... uh, Uh I had to tape down Mm -hmm. my door to the battery on mine. The bat. Okay, good. Yes, thank you for reminding me. The battery door. You is- have one, Mark O'Brien. I had I had one of these. Yeah, for okay. a while. You the battery don't? door is the problem. I don't have one. No. I've had so many. Like 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 Mark. I've had so many cameras pass through my hands in the last ten years. Yeah. It's- it's incredible. But yeah, the problem with these... So a cool feature of this is this camera is actually powered by two AAA batteries. So really easy to get replacement oh, batteries for if you ever yeah, want. Yeah, that's handy dandy. The spring on the battery door is really strong, and it's made out of a kind of a flimsy plastic. So every AL1 in the world, the battery door is broken on. They're impossible to find replacements. So most of the time, these just end up in junk bins or the garbage because it's just not worth fixing you can tape them i hate taping things closed because the door is so the spring is so strong on it that i don't think tape would even last that long and it's ugly and then it gets gummy can you replace it is there a replacement part or no unless you found a donor a dead donor that the battery door hadn't been broken on but it's so common that it's not even worth the trouble but what i did was i posted i posted a picture of it on my on my Flickr stream oh, yeah. and uh, the first commented the first comment on the picture was Quote, Palm to face ugly. It works perfectly fine. I ran a little screw through the front that just holds the door closed. That's it all holds you need. Perfectly strong. I can unscrew the screw in 10 yep. seconds, swap the batteries. No gummy, no tape, no stickiness. And from the front, I mean, you can't really even you see it. don't even... If so. it bothers you, use a black Sharpie over it. Yeah, or put, yeah, put a black yeah. screw through it, as, uh, as uh, Blowy suggested on my comments. Oh, yeah. Um, he chimed William in. Lowy. Bill Lowy. Yeah, he Bill said, Lowy. "Oh, I would have used a black screw." I'm like, oh, I never thought of that. <laughs> or you just I should have used black. a black screw. Well, so the man does work for NASA. 
Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. He knows all, of, all about Can the different colors of screws. Hey, what flash? Here's a little, flash. Yeah, here's a little sexy leather case oh for it, too. Oh, my God. Look at this flash. By the way, this is a Canon Speedlight 011A. I've never seen such an amazing, sleek flash. And this is, a fl- this is one of those flashes that you have, you have two ISOs to choose. Mm-hmm. 100-400. Yep. And it says F4 in big letters on the back. Get a picture of you trying to stick it into a tape dick. <laughs> it makes contact with uh, which cameras? Do you know? Like AE1? Uh, yeah, it's got the Canon pins on it. So any, any of the Canon, any of the 80s or later Canon cameras, it should work with. Wow, and that's your report? I don't know what else I could possibly say about it. Shoot with it? Uh, I have not put a roll of film through this yet. It's it's a good camera, but again, it's an A1 with a little bonus feature. You know, it's it's. I like it because it's interesting. You know, it's got an interesting feature to it. But I don't, I don't need to add it to my main arsenal. How do you turn this on? Uh, oh, off. I see. Yeah, off in the middle. So up or down. I did just put fresh batteries in it today, so I, I'm, I know it works. What do you got, Mark? We got a lot of stuff. Oh, we have a lot of things. I could talk about a book. Oh, oh. <laughs> we're gonna talk about a book. Hey, hey they've got they've got that flash on eBay. How much? How much? Give it back to me right now. Fifty nine dollars. Five dollars. Oh, I'm oh. <laughs> plus shipping. <laughs> What's it called? Zero one one A. It's right in front of you. Let's Does it see. say it works? Oh, that was one that sold. It sold for. You know what? Honestly, stop. Don't even look. No. Why? Because the only ones that are active are uh, $100. buy it now at 35 or buy it now at 40 Sweet! Sweet. That is, that okay, is a, a very book small. of the month. Take it away, Mark O'Brien. Okay. What's well, it before, called? Be, before we were thinking about getting together, I, I had to go through my library and see what book should I bring. Yes. Okay, so I brought a, a, a bunch. Hmm. Um, the one I'd like to talk about right now is was actually published in 2013. It's called The Disappearance of Darkness, Photography at the End of the Analog Era by Robert Burley. It's published by River Ryerson Image Center. And uh, this is a hard hardcover book. It's got about, uh, let's see... Couple hundred pages in it. Color photographs taken at places around the world of former Kodak factories. No way! Yes, yes. Is Finley yes. in there? Is Finley in there? <laughs> Is Finley? I don't know. I have Does to it take have a look. an index? A book's worthless without an index. Oh. <laughs> So this guy, what he did is he went and photographed all these various places. The plates are on the Kodak Path, Chalon, Sursayon, France, Agfa Gavert, Eastman Kodak, Polaroid at Waltham, Massachusetts, Ilford, Moberly, United Kingdom, Kodak Canada in Toronto. That's mostly where he shot. It's sort of a sad footnote in some ways to the end of an era of these large factories that were producing film. It's also rather sobering because you realize how much real estate some of these places took up. And how many people they employed. How many people they employed and all the various... A picture of Dwayne's photo in Kansas, which is, which is still there. Which is still there. And there's some, some photographs of them watching buildings being demolished. Oh. Um, you know, it's pretty sad. And Agfa Gewert in, in Belgium and, you know, these sort of nondescript industrial buildings, but you get to see things like all the rolls of film and everything. And, and then here's a picture of uh, 
some implosions of buildings in Rochester and so forth. So it's, it's sort of a sad book, but it's also beautiful. And then one of the things I like about photography is that um, you can take things that are necessarily not beautiful in their own right because they're either just ugly industrial stuff, but it's the context you portray them in and how you photograph them that makes them beautiful. But this is a really interesting book. It's got images inside some of the factories and, and where people did things and where, they, where the employees went where the workers did their thing, some of the, a lot of the machinery and, and some of the old buildings outside Ilford. It's a really pretty cool book, actually. And what is that book called? The Disappearance of Darkness, Photography at the End of the Analog Era. And so if you're, if you're really into the whole thing about, about the history of film and the companies and so forth, it's really a pretty interesting book to have. See, I've got it on, I've got it on my Christmas list for someone whose mother worked at Kodak. Oh, cool. So they have all kinds of Kodak stuff. They'll enjoy that. This is a cool book. I'm just flipping to random pages and cracking up at some of the stuff he's doing. A Camera Repairman's Guide to Practical Photography has like a pile of junk on the cover. Yeah, but look at the inside. Did you see the inside? Is this another one of your books, Mark? Yeah, another one of my books. It's... But, you know, uh, this would be hard to find because it was probably done... This was published by a guy, I think, in Ann Arbor. It was published by a... A crank in a shed in the forest, I think. Right. Um, but it's one, I mean, he's just like, you want these kids these days? Because <laughs> you just pick a random, like I just happened, apropos to what we were saying last episode, I just picked a random sentence here. My opinion is that Nikon Fs, F2s, Canon F1s, and FTBs, Pentax Spotmatics, and Minolta SRTs will never, ever be improved upon concerning durability and reliability. These cameras are legends, and there are thousands of owners who would heartily agree with me. There you go. True. There you go. Except yeah. the SRT light meters. Yeah, advertising another source of comedy. So he goes through uh, <laughs> these ad ad lines and then makes fun of them. It looks like that. Oh, do a XGM oh. designed to have everything except competition, and then you know he, then he com- <laughs> you know only from the mind the, of Minolta. The Minolta Maxim tagline was "Nothing escapes the eye of Maxim," and then he adds, "Unless it's coming at you, of course, because <laughs> the focus is so bad on <laughs> that." That's great. <laughs> so slow to focus. This is a good book. What's good. that called? A Camera Repairman's Guide to Practical Photography. Yeah, I'll cross that one off the list. But, Thanks, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, it's great. I, I, it's one of those things I picked. I don't even know oh, where I got this. By Ray Ober, Oberitur. Oberwriter. Oberwriter. Owner. Camera Craftsman of America. Well. Where was it published? Oh, it like let's see. Typed. Published by like Grassroots Publishing in oh. Marion, Iowa. Oh, Marion, Iowa. Published by Marion, his mother. Iowa. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. So, Ray, if you're still out there... Excellent book. I, yeah. I would love to read the rest of it. And your strong views on letters things. to read. Oh, okay. I can Folks out there listening, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Thank you very much for all the donations you've sent in, which we go through and then, of course, pass along to schools in need, high schoolers usually, sometimes middle school. Sometimes university. College and university. Absolutely. What do we got there? Take it away, Mark D. Here's a letter from uh, Ray Oberreuter from Iowa. He what? says, you young whippersnappers oh, wait a minute. <laughs> making fun of my book on the air. <laughs> uh, Michael and the FPP gang. Hey, guys, here's a box of weirdness. There's some color. We're a box of weirdness. With a U, not color without a U, 120 film, including Nightbird Red Scale, East Block Orvo, Kodak E6, and C41. There are also two rolls of document films in 120. I'd recommend 510 Pyro for these. I don't know what that means. I do. Oh, and then he says, ask Matt. He'll know. Finally, there's a roll of RetroPan for you to try and my final cassette of TMAX 400. I bought the bulk roll from you guys 
and can now say that after shooting through most of it, I prefer Tri-X and HP5. Oh. So on the, is, so does Leslie. HP5. Tri-X over T-Max, yeah. yeah. On the gear yeah. side, there's a KM to satisfy your Pentax K-mount lust. It works, although I think the mirror bumper might need replacing. Meh. <laughs> the Lomo is a mystery to me. I don't know what that was. Finally, there's a Voigtlander Vito. Yeah, I like the Vito. Yeah. Judging by the lens and the lack of sprocketed roller, this may be a 1940 model. Lastly, you can show your mount to the world with Excuse the Pentax me? T-shirt. I don't remember that. Is it in the box? Pentax uh, I don't know. T-shirt. I bought a few from a crowdfunded project on mm. Pentax forums. We might have just passed it along. We Paul McIver. Along. <laughs> oh, no. Username 120-127. One, one one twenty, one twenty-seven. That's a good username on Flickr. Oh, I know. Sure, From I know them. Oakville, Ontario, there Canada. What's it? No name. Paul McIver. Oh, hey, Paul. One two zero dash one two seven on mm-hmm. Flickr. McIver. Twenty one twenty-seven. One twenty, one twenty-seven. Oh. Paul McIver. Oh. McIver, not McIver, huh? Not McIver. McIver. Film photography project. Oh, this is more. This is more business-like. Included are the Nikromat FT thirty-five millimeter film camera with attached lens and hood. Also sending a Nikkor Q Auto. Oh, that's a lens. And another lens. Also sending lens caps, polarizer, filters, shutter releases. It's good to know there's an organization like yours that can make use of this older but excellent equipment. That's right. Mm-hmm. I hope this camera and lenses will help some deserving film enthusiast. Gary G. Thanks, yes. Gary G. Thanks. Yeah, the Nicromat FT. Nicromat FT. That's a good one. Yeah. Hey, Anything, thanks. Any old, any old solid metal Nikon. Can't thanks, go wrong. Thanks, folks. Thanks, folks, for uh, sending out your stuff in. It's uh, hugely helpful. The kids, I'm sure, although they don't know it now because they're just kids, they're getting like all uh, all this education. Anyone, any kids taking these classes, they are so far ahead from their digital counterparts because they have an understanding and a knowledge of how cameras actually work, rather than just turning your digital or your phone on and just shooting. They're like, "What is? It? It's made out of metal. It doesn't even have any hashtags on it." And then, what are these F things? Yeah, and ten years from now, they'll be like, "Oh my god!" In high school, they gave me a Nikon F two to shoot with, and I didn't appreciate it. Like, Man, what, I wish what was I wrong had that camera today. No, It'd be worth yeah. a fortune. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since they outlawed digital, <laughs> do we want to have me talk about the Nickermats since we just talked talked about one being donated? E, sure, that sounds great. We're going to do that, and then we're going to have a face off between Leslie and Mark D about that tank. Mm. Oh yeah, it's more, more, more towards the middle because okay. Closer take to it you. away, Mark uh, O'Brien. Okay, as some of you may have guessed by now, I'm partial to Nikon's. Um, what? And Argus? And Ar- well, no, I, it's only because I live in Ann Arbor. <laughs> yeah. I talk about Argus, but I'm definitely partial to Nikon's. So we've gotten quite a few Nicker mats we've gone through for the school camera program, and I've. Uh, had fun shooting with knicker mats over the years. If you were wondering which knicker mat should I get oh. or should you get, let's talk about it for just a minute. The, the knicker mat was Nikon's camera for the non-professional, but they're still fantastically built sturdy cameras. And one of the one big difference um, that you'll find with the knicker mats is that the shutter speed ring is around the lens not on a dial on the top deck of the camera like it is with all the other cameras except olympus except (laughs) right olympus is the only other camera that does Uh that and so if you've used olympus om1 and you use a knicker mat you would find that they're actually very similar in operation of course the knicker mat is about half again as heavy as the olympus om1 nikon's first had a series of knicker mats there was the fs 
which did not even have a, a meter in it. It's totally meterless. And then they had the FT, which was their basic no-frills uh, version of a, 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 of a metered camera. And then they followed that with the FTN, which was definitely improved in, in, in operation. And then they had the FT2, the FT3, the Nickermat EL, which is a, a aperture priority camera. And then they had, uh, I think there was one more than that. But they, the, the, the Nickermats that you should probably look at are the ones that take modern, batter, modern cells. And so that leaves out the early versions like the FT and the FTN. Your best bet for a good user camera would be the FT2 which also has to have the little bunny ears on the, on the lenses so you can do the indexing of the lens. But if you want to avoid that, I would go with the FT3 as a, the version that takes mo- modern AI lenses. Yes. Thank you. This is Mike. Why <laughs> did Nikon have like the audacity to like have an FT when Canon had an FT? It was way before the It was way before Canon. Oh, for real? Oh, yeah. Like 10 years. Excuse me. Why did Canon have the audacity of releasing an FT when a Nikon had an FT? By then, well, that's a good question, you know, and I suspect if they had called it a Nikon, Nikromat FT, then Nikon probably would have gotten. Oh. But, you know, look at Canon had an F1 and Nikon had an F and an F2. Yeah. But Leica won out when Olympus tried to call their camera the M1. They got hot and bothered. And right. That, they I guess that Nikon could have gone after it. But Well, the other part of that was is that Nikon had problems in, in was it the Nickermats? Which one was it? The calling their cameras the Nikon in, in Europe? Because Zeiss Icon. Yes. That was oh, a, pro- a creative sure. problem with them. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. Maybe that was the, the Nickermat, which is why they called it that. You know why? You know why? I, because if, if I was an ad guy in the '60s when the Canon FT came out, I would have said, uh, "Yeah, well, Nikon, we already did that camera ten years ago, and wow. just that would be the end of it." In the '60s, yeah. a madman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Canon's just coming out with the FT now. We did that ten years ago. Check out the F. So yeah, the, the Nickermats are they're really robust cameras. If you get the FT3, it takes it, it takes modern lenses, and you don't have to worry about indexing the lens and all that. So it's that's the one I would recommend. But the Nickermat EL is also pretty good. It takes a, a modern battery as well, which is a, quite different from the button cells that actually fits behind the, in the mirror box. It takes you have to index your lenses with the bunny ears with that one as well. But what does it, that mean? Well, with it's called the Nikon Twist. You've got a little um, claw on the on the camera body that the lens lens flange hits, fits oh, you onto. Got the, you got the ears on that lens. At least you can show them the lens. If you had a, a Nikon F or a uh, F two or a Nikkermat, it's not an FT three. You have to put the little lens up, move the lens or the aperture indicator to f five point six, and then you put the lens on the camera Where's body. The bunny? the bunny ears, right there. And so, you know, we always called it the claw. The claw. Yeah, yeah. So the claw I, on it. I, yeah. I always called it bunny ears. And then, so if you look at modern, more modern Nikons, they had this little ring around the, the, the uh, around where the, the uh, lens mount. And so that gives you a, here we go. And so you, you put the lens on at the fi, F5.6, uh, where the claw that, is. That, then yours? you rotate it. That's off the table. Oh, okay. You rotate it to the left and to the right. And that establishes... Your, your indexing of the lens and gives you your maximum aperture um, on the camera. So that's how it does it. 
Later on, if you look at, at the at the camera, the lens mount on a more recent Nikon, there's a little little flange that sticks up, which which is not present on older lenses, which is cut out on the on the end of, end of the lens mount here, and that just goes on and it pushes this little ring around the camera periphery of the lens mount, which is the same kind of system actually Minolta uses with theirs. Yeah. So that's the difference between indexing, auto-indexing lenses or AIS lenses and non-auto-indexing lenses. So That's always kind of a confusing thing. It is. And if you say Nikon twist to someone who's a Nikon user, they know exactly what you're talking about and how to do it. I, I'm, I still get confused. By it. And then there's the G lenses and all kinds of all right. weird... And we don't want to yeah. even include G don't lenses talk about because G that, they, uh, they don't have aperture uh, control. Yeah. It's very so, confusing. So the thing is, you can take a a lens that is non uh, that is auto indexing and use it on an older Nikon if it doesn't have the bunny ears. But you do have to do stop down metering. That's the only. I highly recommend the FT3 because it is modern. You don't have to worry about the Nikon twist. It sounds like a Nikon. dance yeah. doing the Nikon twist. Yeah, baby. but there's lots of them available, and most of them still work quite reliably. And what would you expect? To- pay for one yeah an ft3 yeah. i was at a antique shop in kalamazoo back when we had a, a, a get together with josh harrison and the, and the kalamazoo guys kalamazoo. and uh we went in this antique store and i said i'm not going in i really don't want to look at any junky cameras and so i heard someone go what do you have for cameras and the guy goes oh i'll be right back and he comes to, goes into the place next door and comes back with these two big boxes. And I go, okay, I guess i got to go oh in. Oh, boy, that's always dangerous. And so he pulled out, I pulled out this one thing. It had a really beat-up, never-ready case around it. And I looked at it and go, what's this? It's a Nikon. I opened it up. It's an FT3. And I always wanted an FT3. And uh, 20 bucks with a, with a 50, yeah, 50 yeah. F2 oh, lens nice. on it. So, you know, it was a good, good buy. I would expect on the bay anywhere between 40 and a hundred dollars because they're well-made cameras and they still retain a fair amount of value compared to to some other ones. But you have to make sure that uh, you look at them carefully and that everything works. And then if they everything works, you'll be good to go. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. Nikon, go Nikon. Go Nikon. When we come back. I'm going to be talking about <laughs> those are so heavy. <laughs> a tank. A tank. Do you love the film photography podcast? Show your support. Visit our online store at filmphotographyproject.com. That's right. Your purchases at our store support this show. What show? (laughs) You're not only supporting the podcast, but you're also supporting our ample giveaway programs and our workshops. Just go to filmphotographyproject.com and click the store button. Good golly, Miss Molly. We're an official reseller of Kodak Alaris Films. That's right. Impossible Project Instant Films. Super amazing. And our very own FPP hand-rolled films. Most notably is the addition of Shmina Films. Shmina from Eastern Europe. Shmina FN64, photo 100, photo 200, photo 400, as well as Eastman Kodak black and white motion picture film. That's right. Such stocks as Eastman Double X, Eastman High Contrast 5363, and the awesome Kodak Fine Grain 2366, filmphotographyproject.com. Hey, thanks. Let's get back to more show. Hey, we're back. So we have a tank 
in front of us. And when I say a tank, I mean a development tank. I'm not talking about like a car or howitzer or something like yeah. that. Yeah, or, or a camera. <laughs> and uh, no. this uh, is a very special tank. And Leslie Lazenby and uh, Mark Dalzell got in on this tank. This was a what's known as a Kickstarter, which is crowdfunding, which means someone comes up with an idea. Like an egg salad sandwich. Like a 4 yes. by 5 developing or, tank. Or, yeah. <laughs> and then Potato they go salad. on a, a, a site salad. called Kickstarter, and they say, hey, I need X amount of dollars to develop this, and everyone puts in some dough, and then if they raise enough money, then they make their product. Hopefully. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. And then they send it out, that everyone's happy. Now, this is a tank that develops 4 by 5 sheet film. That's right. Sheets. Would you want to give us some background of what's going on here? No, we'll foreground that because it's going to be more than for four by five film. Get out of town. Uh, we'll get to that. Okay, who wants to start? Which one of you? It's Leslie's. It's I. I Have you I, used I, yours yet? I haven't. I've. You forgot your tank, so you forfeit. I didn't forget. I couldn't find my tank. I don't know where I put it. It's making me crazy today. I looked right. everywhere, but I have one. I snuck over to his house last night. I got it. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> oh, Leslie, take it away. Well, I I kind of got in late on the thing because you know with Kickstarter sometimes those are dated, mm-hmm. and if you get on right away, you get a better price. Oh yeah. So I was a little late to the game, but finally did it. And it was fun to watch this and the updates. He was really good about he updating. Was, because when this tank was first came out, it had the turbulator. Uh-huh. Do you remember the... This is I professor w- made this tank? Oh, this turbulator. A gentleman by the name of Timothy Klein. Does he look like a professor? He does, kind of, yes. Yeah, Gray hair, turbulator. Professor-ish. Anyway, that simply didn't work, and he kept modifying it and modifying it. But up until this point, I don't really like doing 4 by 5 I don't feel like I have enough time for it. I don't like tray processing, open tray processing. That sucks. And that sucks. I, I have a daylight 4x5 tank. It's a, yes. It's an ancient... Yankee, maybe? Yankee tank uh-huh. that yeah. takes... Yankee. Yeah. But the problem with that one is I, th- I think it takes a dozen or 15 sheets, and it takes a liter and a half of right. liquid, which exactly. is a pain if I'm doing color, because I don't that's have a lot that much. Of, that's a lot of liquid. Because it's a big... It takes like, it's like a gallon tank. So that's always been a problem. HB Comba made a combi made a slick system discontinued mod fifty four, mm-hmm. so that you can utilize a Patterson tank. But you've got to have the Patterson one sixteen, the bigger tank. Still, oh yeah, the one that yeah, the wraps around the core. That's a good one. Yeah. Yep. Of course, there's rotary, yeah. Jobos, and modifying some of the others. The tubes. The tubes, right? Tubes. Yeah. Okay, play the tubes. <laughs> but then. But then. <laughs> Look at this little thing. Okay, I'll fall for it. And it looks pretty straightforward. It's got some neat little baffles in it. This allows the chemistry to go in. And when you take it all apart, you think, oh, my God, I don't know how it all yeah, goes yeah, together, yeah, yeah. you know. And then all at once, if you just do like this and line them up, you know the light's going to get through. So it's wrong. And they're marked inside baffle, outside baffle. So straightforward. It comes with instructions? It does. Okay. But not super complete because I have done three... F- Frames of film in this, one each time. That didn't even I, come out on my. Is that supposed to come out? They can come out for cleaning. Those oh, are the baffle systems that oh, are my, in there. I mean, my baffles seem to be kind of stuck in mine. I, I assume yeah. they were they were like hot melted in there. If you and if you do, all you have to do is read on it, and it will say outer baffle. Okay. So you know exactly where they go. And this is actually the rack for the inside. But he did a. So th- this guy was very good at the uh, of the update. So every couple of weeks, you would get an update. Like, okay, we got our first prototype, and yep. it turns out this wasn't working right. So we're redesigning it. We, you know, he got one of his prototypes from China, and they had f- forgotten to mill the thread on the 
thing at the top, and they had to go back to the drawing board, and you know, so it was interesting. A sliding cap, and that didn't work, so we went with a yeah. press on. So the, thing, they worked hard. So my my first problem was is my tank leaks, the leaks. Oh, I yeah. hate a leaky tank because oh, you went first. It leaks. It leaks. It's not supposed to leak. Now, this is my initial problem. Not okay. supposed to. Initial. Okay. Good. 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 Streaky negatives, and the streaks that I got match this pattern that's on the back of these film holders a lot of times four by five is dropped into a rack both sides are open this is not i would put my emulsion out anyway i think well yeah. you should but yeah. um well these guys are talking about like try or team four by five that heavy, sheet film heavy <laughs> dye on it yeah dyes on the anti-halation side oh, can that's still true. give yeah, you trouble yeah. and, and uh, well, whatever, I'll get it. I'm also testing out a freaky little weird camera when I'm doing this too. But so I had the streaking. You have a little four by five. I do. It's I the book. See that. Oh, um, oh, the book yeah. camera. And then I get it all done, and I pull this out, and I'm trying to get my film out of the holder. I'm thinking, why didn't he put a notch here? I can't get this out. It's like it's glued in here. So I'm not really impressed. Get out the but Dremel. I'm, I'm thinking. And then I think, oh, it's probably going to leave a little loop there, and you're going to get a, a surge mark. I have no problem with modifying. Didn't need to be modified. All right. <laughs> so, so what? What did I like about it? What did you like about it? Sixteen ounces. That's four amazing. sheets of film for sixteen ounces. Tiny little learning curve. Just pay attention. Like once you get the hang of it. Once you get the hang of it, watch his tips and tricks. YouTube video. Yep. Takes care of almost everything. Yep. Even, even little things, because he said that uh, some of them arrived with broken caps. Yes. But he showed you a picture of all the caps the, out in the world. Like if the, you buy a Gatorade, exactly, buy an apple fit, juice, like you know, all, all the different so. caps you can get if you ever lose one. And there's um, the whole thing works down. You load your little film holders in. You slip them inside. You put on your little lid. It's got an O-ring in it. Make sure everything fits. It's easy to do in the dark because there are... Um, tabs. Tabs, yeah. Tabs on top and bottom. Okay, how did I fix the leaking problem? You make a little more pressure in there. So there's a vent side on your caps and a fill side. Close down the vent side. Lights are on now. Film's loaded. It's protected. Looks like a flask. It does. You bring it to a ball you, game. There's enough flex on the side. You squeeze it. You can't it drink little. in here. No, I'm developing film, I swear. <laughs> you squeeze it in the middle. Oh, and you'll, yeah. see the, you'll see it rise. So when you put this on... That sucks it down. It sucks it down, makes a little more vacuum strength. Okay. Mine still leaks a little bit. I put a microfiber cloth over it, and I agitated. It leaks, but there's no, no light leaks. No light okay. leaks. Chemical, little chemical leak. And leak? I detest I tried okay. the smell of chemicals on my hands. I don't want them on my hands. Second thing, these streaky negatives. Okay, first thing, pre-wet. Pre-wet for two minutes. Healthy agitation. The agitation scheme on this is holding it kind of like a book in front of you, tipping it forward, tipping it back, tipping it forward. None of this or this. <laughs> this is definite on how and it, it, that it worked. But do nice that long. That solved the streaking? That solved the streaking oh, along with the pre-wet. Okay. Nice long pre-wet if your developer and film combination allow it. Okay, we got that down. Well, I know I have a ton of T-Max. And I know that has that. Is that the one that's blue? That, that's, that's got very a ton blue, of... and that's actually the one I'd been testing it with because okay. I got a box of free film from Bill Bressler. I got about three hundred sheets of that. Uh-huh. So sheets. then, very last, I got to get solved the problem. Of how the hell am I going to get this stuff off of here without manhandling it and scratching it? And I had left my photo flow in the garage. 
because I have a new car that I absolutely adore and love to the ends of the earth, and I hand wash it. And the very last, you use your photo step, flow on your car. I use my photo flow on my car, so it's streak free and no water spots. Oh boy! So I went out, got it, and it said mix photo flow, agitate a lot, and these things will just slide right off. Absolutely correct. Ving! Out it went. It was it was the answer. What I am well, not. Photo flow is soapy water, so that. Soapy water without additives. Cause well, I, yeah, know, but I mean, so yeah. it's yeah, made it slip. Yeah, that's good. Uh-huh. Yeah. What I currently don't like about it, it's going to be something maybe fixed in uh, a future Kickstarter, is this is a very tiny little footprint. Oh, yeah. It really is. Keep right over. Now, if you're using a darkroom sink, darkroom sinks are squared off. There are no graduating round co- corners. But if you're using a kitchen sink or a bathroom sink, and it's really easy just to fire this up at home, and you start the water going in, and it's on one of those sinks with a curved, down it goes. Yeah. Yep. So oh, boy. It doesn't have stability like that that I'd like to be able to walk away from. A cradle. A cradle. Poxy some little feet on the side you, of it. You could, yeah. yes. Or get two bricks. Yeah. There you that's go. That's my style. <laughs> hey, you um, can't bring bricks into the game. No, no, I'm developing film, I swear. One thing he's, he <laughs> is getting, getting ready to introduce another Kickstarter on. Get out of town. Maybe just is an agitation base. And this whole thing is going to set into a unit, and it does this back and forth motion, tipping towards you, tipping away from you. Wider base takes care of that stuff. Great. Now, they're also working on, and actually I think that you can maybe download a PDF of this. You can modify these holders for 9 by 12 pieces of film, and they're also doing a film pack modification. Okay, so a little updates on that. The website is Sturm, Sturman, S-T-E-A-R-M-A-N, press.com. And that website needs some serious revamping. <laughs> serious. In fact, you go to it and you want to buy one of these and you can't even find it for sale on there. Okay. You, have, you have to go to eBay for some reason and get it. He's the only one selling them currently. They're currently selling for under $95. Oh, okay. Oh, 95 you, ni- Yeah. Did you pay about 47 or something? 47? Yeah. By the time I got into it, I think it was 85 Oh. It was way at the end. I didn't end. realize they were 99 now. 40, you, at 49, whatever it was, 47 I jumped on it. That was awesome. Yeah. Now, the University of Finley um, just bought, I think, two or three of these because they're offering this in their large or their advanced photo class. They'll be doing four by five. And he goes, I don't, I don't even know what to use for tanks for this. So I took it in, and he goes, I think I like this. There's nothing so, else like it. Even if it, you buy an old vintage, crappy, leaky, Yankee thing that you can't even agitate, you're going to spend 40 on it on eBay. Damn Yankees! Yes. And you need two, two liters of liquid. And, With this, right, exactly. Half a liter. And, and those, you know, those tops fit in leaky. Yeah, leaky. I don't want the chemistry on me. If you have the one liter C41 kit, you could have two of these going at the same time yes. and develop eight sheets of 4x5 at the same time, which mm-hmm. is amazing. How much does that take? How, many, how much liquid does 16 that take? 16 ounces. Which is 450. Which how, how, much, how many ounces are in a liter? Four fifty milliliter. Four well, fifty. Less than half a liter. Oh, a quart is thirty-two. A liter is a little bit more. So you could do two. With run one liter. two of these. Yes, with That's one liter. Some. Yeah. Eight at a time. It fills very fast. People were concerned about how fast that was going to fill. I'm sorry. How many sheets can they go in there? Four. They come That's with really remarkable. Two holders, yeah. one on each side. Mm-hmm. So you're yeah. Right. This this Kickstarter came out. Soon after I was getting into 4x5. 
Right. And I, immediately I saw, because I had been doing it in the tray in the dark, oh, you know, standing that, in the dark for 20 really minutes, sucks. which sucks. It, yeah. it does. I mean, you could be old hat at it, but you're still going to scratch the first ones. And, yeah. And so this I saw it, immediately. How difficult was it to load these in the dark? Not. Not. Just pay attention to emulsion out. Right. And if you, Whereas in Iraq, it, it, you never had to pay attention. Yeah. Where, but in the, of course, if you're paying attention when you load the film, you'll know where the emulsion out is by yep. where the little. For me, little I'm right-handed, is, so yeah. the, the the little um, the little cuts or the notches. codes, the it's notches are down yeah. here on my index so finger, my right with hand. With four by five sheet film, if yes. the, the notches are on the right hand side, sheets. sheets. For me, bottom right hand, yeah. So or when, when you hold up right hand side. So it's sort of like when loading your uh, film holder, you exactly the same. Notch right. on the right hand side, then your notch on the right, it's emulsion out, yeah. yeah. And they fit into little little guides here. And my first two uh, sheets had problems there. They didn't have complete development underneath them. Oh. When I lengthened the pre-wet, things got nice and soaked up and cut the surface tension down. That went away. All the streaking went away when I agitated, like you said, to agitate. All the, okay. all the problems were really solved with this. So, so the trick is you have to read the manual for this. Don't just assume. No. Because I would use it assuming to, I knew what to do. No, you have to go on YouTube and see his tips because those aren't talked about in the sheet of instructions that come with it. And, Mark, I'm kind of shocked but, that you haven't gone out and shot some 4x5 and used this tank yet? Just well, been... it hasn't been here that long. Oh, when did you get yeah, it? Yeah, I just got mine about two weeks ago. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. And actually, I, I, ironically, you know, a couple months ago, I shot that car race, and I shot 40-something sheets of 4x5, and I wish I in had the, it. You were in the dark. You're like, uh... Well, no, I was using my big Yankee tank uh, and, Yankee. And, and doing like eight at a time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I wish I had this, because like, then I could have been, you know, doing it in... Mark, do you shoot any 4x5? A Mark little bit. O? And, you know, I, it's just I've got a, a, a monorail camera at home, okay. and I've got a, a field, you know, a, a converted pacemaker graphic or whatever that I turn into a field camera. Right. And uh, I don't shoot much. And I still have, a, have some stuff I haven't developed yet that I shot a few months ago. So. Oh, okay. It, now, Leslie, is this tank mm-hmm. still available? Absolutely. It, so is, it is now, hard to now na- retail. So you're saying it's hard to navigate on his actual site? <sighs> Well, what, what does it cost? Well, because he, because he, he also has bo- books and movies and everything else on there, and he needs to dedicate a site to his photo products. And, the fo- and it would, would be nice to but he order doesn't have a, he doesn't have a, a way to buy on his site. So if you just go to eBay. Just go to eBay. Yeah, but what would it cost on his site? Is it 80 bucks? It is 95 shipped. It was like 87 and 7 or something like that, and I just rounded it up, and it's 95 to get it to your door. Yeah. So you just go get on eBay. It's called mm-hmm. the SP445. Yep. I can't believe that you let this Kickstarter go by, Mark Dalzell, and you didn't like tell me that I need to get involved. Don't even. Um, Don't even. <laughs> I believe. I believe uh, Matt Mirage talked about this. Really? I, uh, I think we I talked about it, it on the show. Yeah. Uh huh. Wow. So that's the SP four four five. I would not have used it yet had I not been testing yeah. a quirky little pinhole, and it came just at the right time. He also offered another Kickstarter, which I was very interested in, to have film plate adapters for this, and it didn't fly. So back mm. to the tray. Yeah. Well, these days everybody's got a 3D printer. You can make there whatever you, you want go. for Crank this thing. There you go. Crank one out. Start making two and a quarter by three and a quarter holders or sure. all kinds of wacky stuff. Right. Well, I'm sorry I missed out. I'm thrilled for everyone that has gotten one of these. Well, you can get it. You just have to pay slightly exactly. more than yeah, we like did. Twice the amount. It's a retail. Well, I paid eighty-seven. Well, I think. I, think, I mean, my, something oh, like sixty okay. something. Yeah, I don't know. just do I it. Don't it's know. worth it. You, I'm. I'm curious to see if yours is going to leak. 
Yeah, we'll see. There, it should be one, exactly one the same. One thing that but. a lot of people make comment about is when you look down in it, it looks like that these are bent. And I first looked at it, I thought, I got a warped one. And they just tell you, first they were saying, oh, heat them up and bend them back. He says, just flex them a little bit. They're fine. They, they are absolutely fine. Yeah. Absolutely fine. So That'll have to be his next thing, is starting to sell parts for these as people accidentally snap their holders in half. And, and to me, I was afraid a couple times. They and what's the name of the gentleman who invented this? This is uh, Timothy Klein, K-L-E-I-N. Kudos to Mr. Klein. Yep. Yeah. Klein Great. Tank. Because yep. that was um, an incredibly popular Kickstarter. Yeah, he did really he well did on that. Very one. well. Thank you, folks. Sure. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Please do write us a letter. You could send us a piece of mail in the mail, you know, the old fashioned mail, P.O. Box. Two, what is our P.O. Box? Two, six, four. Yeah, 264. 264, yep. P.O. Box 264, Fairlawn, New Jersey. Home of the former Kodak plant. That's right. 07410. And uh, we're going to be going. But you're going to see us in two weeks. Mark, did you have anything else to add? You're done? Mark Dalzell will not be as with us next this time. I'm good. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.